0: hello welcome to the first podcast in like five months (laughs) oh gosh yeah (laughs) we were on a bit of a hiatus Hiatus. although hiatus would be an understatement like we we tried to record uh then we ran into problems with discord and that was it for a good five months (laughs) But we are back now, still in Ottawa. Well, everyone's here in Ottawa, actually. Uh, I'm here. Uh, right. You're I'm here. Alcina's here. Notho's well. here. here, though she's not part of the podcast. <laughs> she just said she's going to sit here and be a loser and listen. Um, but anyway, there has been quite the avalanche of topics coming in that we wanted to discuss. But could not due to unforeseen, well, no, actually foreseen circumstances. Um, I'm pretty sure we don't need to list them. But uh, just for anyone who's been living under a rock, we are in the midst of a pandemic still. <laughs> Cases are rising again.
1: One month till the U.S. election.
0: One month till Armageddon. <laughs> One month till uh, Civil War 2 <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Because whatever happens down south is going to inevitably affect uh, us north of the border. But anyway, we have been discussing, well, not us on the podcast, uh, just uh, Abed and I over text, uh, how much we wanted to talk about a topic very close to Asina's heart. (laughs) And she's like, I want to debate you over this. I never said I wanted to debate. This is
1: a public discourse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: not debate.
2: Okay, I did not want to debate. Uh Waleed's crazy. He's a liar. Don't listen to him.
0: That is simply not true. But yeah. Um uh, Black Lives Matter and uh the police shootings and police brutality and whatnot. We did uh, we did do a podcast on it. But since then I feel like the narrative, well, not the narrative. The narrative is still pretty much the same. Uh, the narrative uh, surrounding all these uh, killings, uh, you know, Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd and all the others, Jacob Blake, the narrative is still the same, is that, uh, you know, the police are unjustified in their in their killings, their unfortunate killings of uh, said people. Uh, but... As time has progressed, we've come upon certain facts released by the authorities, uh, the police departments, and uh, attorney generals that have sort of shed some light on issues like uh, Breonna Taylor's case. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, Obey, do you want to... You want to go into that? Oh yes. Uh,
1: Apparently, like I when I when I was reading about um, all these cases in general, uh, the one thing, the one factor that people seem to not um, or people seem to forget in general is that they were known to police or they had previous uh, criminal history.
0: Yeah. They did uh for those of you who don't know, uh Brianna Taylor and her her boyfriend and her her ex boyfriend were all involved in in the drug trade, which is uh why actually the police showed up to uh what's his name? I always get the names confused. Uh, well they're her her current boyfriends. Uh, apartment, or was it house, uh, I'm not entirely sure, they showed up with the warrant, they they had the warrant, and her name was on the warrant, and they were there to, to arrest her, and from what I understand, they did indeed knock and announce themselves, despite having a no-knock warrant, because they, I'm not sure what the reasoning was, this is me just speculating, that perhaps okay they thought she was a woman and would come without putting up much of a fight unlike a guy who would probably pull out a gun and start shooting the cops which is kind of what happened in the, with her boyfriend uh, shooting at the police and actually injuring one of the officers who came into the house uh, but we, we are now getting all these facts and when any logical or rational person looks at uh, these cases: uh, Jacob Blake, Breonna Taylor, even even George Floyd's uh, death. We we saw the the uh, the body cam footage that they released, or was leaked. Actually, it was not uh, released uh, by any official department. It was leaked by someone, and you kind of, you kind of see where the problem. I think really grows from when you sort of look at black lives matter and hasina's getting ready to to snap here uh, <laughs> but but there is there is a big problem I think in what they're doing and how they're sort of using these unfortunate incidents, because they are unfortunate incidents when, when you really look at them. And I, I think we, we talked about this in that episode before we went into our little hiatus. Uh, was that these things happen regardless of of how well you train cops or how much or how little you fund police departments is that you'll always have incidents like th- like this, um, and, uh, incidents like Breonna Taylor's death and and Jacob Blake's death, but of course Jacob Blake is an entirely different story. I don't want to get into that in too much detail, but I think what we're trying to get down to today is the, I think, justification for Black Lives Matter, And the protests and the riots and all the violence that has sort of uh, emerged as a result of, I want to say, yeah, I will say uh, these false narratives being put out there by uh, groups like Black Lives Matter, unfortunately, that really don't do any favors to anyone. So, I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: Uh. Sorry, I kind of zoned out for a bit. <laughs>
0: of course you did.
2: Madonna, <laughs>
0: well, go ahead. Go first. <coughs> well,
1: I think there's personally some truth to it. Um, well, a lot of truth to it. The way um, the media sort of kind of um, uh, reports on like the black lives matter protests in general and how um a lot of politicians seem to be um what's the word <laughs> hopping on the bandwagon uh in <laughs> just to without uh, just i guess without investigating the root cause of the uh incidents in general and and uh, without going deep delving further into it without um in order to sort of, um, figure out what, or, in order to fully justify or fully, um, um, I think (laughs) they're,
0: what you're kind of getting at from what I understand is a lot of their, the policies they've been proposing, like, uh, you know, giving into defunding, defunding or, the police departments has been yeah. very reactionary. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been. Yeah, it, there's, there's no basis really for uh, defunding the police, and uh, sort of giving into the messages that uh, Black Lives Matter are are uh, putting out here, because it's it's a very complicated issue. And I mean, we have we have tons of time to talk about it, so uh, might as well. It, I, I guess, when people say defund the police, they 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 say that okay, we just need to reallocate funds, and I know we touched upon this even in that episode too. And to that, to a certain extent, we can agree. Um, police definitely need more training, and of course, you talk to any police officer, and I think they would agree, more training is better. You know, you you can't completely, um, you know, mitigate these, these unfortunate incidents, like uh, uh, these killings, um, or deaths of uh, people like Breonna Taylor, but you can somewhat prevent a lot of them. But in order to do that, you actually have to put more money into Police departments to train them better, and people need to understand that you, if you want to have, and this is this applies to any profession. If you want to have better um, employees, if you want to have better uh, a better workforce, you need to put money into getting that better training. And and my problem, my biggest problem with with Black Lives Matter is that they're using. This this purposefully uh, inflammatory statement, defund the police. I know Antifa is going, taking as far as uh, abolish the police, which is completely insane. Uh, because when you look at the statistics, and I know I'm sort of going off on a tangent here into a completely different uh, topic, but when you look at the statistics, they don't lie. Um... I think this should have been brought up in the previous episode, but I didn't bring it up. When you look at the statistics, it's, you know, you can't see any pattern of uh, police brutality that sort of trends towards uh, or against uh, the black community. There is, cops aren't prowling the streets and, you know, murdering black people. You know, they don't wake up... Um, and say, "Oh, I'm gonna go kill some black people." That's just not happening, right? This isn't this isn't the Jim Crow era anymore. This isn't the 1930s, right? We've we've uh, moved past that. And here, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've been I'm talking not this done. whole time. Can I just finish? Can I just finish? Okay. Fine. I, just finish? Fine. okay. Um, I know there are problems. Racism still exists, but it's not too the same extent it was in you know the Jim Crow era okay
2: I'm not saying that it's exactly the same as the Jim Crow era but and obviously police are not prowling the streets with the intention to kill black people but I think racism is a problem because there are racial biases that the police have against black people so that's a problem and you know systematic racism i mean we'd be fools to deny that it exists because it exists and when we like when we're denying that that exists we're like literally you know we're kind of minimizing and dismissing a really huge problem so the whole defund the police thing i mean i don't know how i feel about that but then again i'm also in a different position than like a black person like for I don't know what it's like to be a black person because for them and their community, because they may more like maybe they are targeted more. Um, so for them, you know, the police maybe aren't as beneficial to their communities as it is to ours. So that's my point.
0: Well, actually, just just to re rebu- do a little bit of rebuttal there. There was there was a survey done, and
2: what survey?
0: I I I, I shared this with the podcast group some time ago. When asked if, you know, do they want the same amount of police presence in the community or increased, uh the black, the black community actually answered that they want, you know, they don't want any decreased presence. They want the same presence, police presence in their community. So they, and I think you guys know Charles Barkley? Yeah, what he said. What he said, right? If you defund the police you know, who are black people going to call? The Ghostbusters, right? You know, so you you need your police force. And just uh, to go back to what you said about uh, about the police sort of targeting the, the black community. It may be true. I mean, it's certainly uh, you when you look at the incarceration rates, it's certainly true to a certain extent. But at the same time, you look at well, you know what these uh these black criminals are being targeted for it's not like they're um, it's not like they're innocent people a huge chunk of them and you know 90 95 99.9 of the time they're actually you know doing illegal activity right it's like someone said i've always said it uh but if you're not doing anything illegal the police aren't gonna arrest you yeah sure they might stop you if you're doing something suspicious and they you know they have that suspicion that you know, maybe you're walking around at night with your hoodie pulled up, you know, you're looking uh, quite uh, suspect. Yeah, sure, they'll stop you, but they're not going to arrest you unless you're doing something illegal. You have drugs on you, or or, or whatnot. <clears throat> you, you want to say something? Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so, you pause thinking... for for a good second. And then
1: and then there comes to the issue of. Um... Uh, defunding and abolishing the police again. Um, d- replacing... What are, what do these groups have in mind? To replace the police with... Uh, all I can see from the media is... Like, they set up these civilian bodies? Or civilian enforcement bodies? I, I can't see how... Um, that would be an effective replacement anyway for... <laughs> an actual police force. And uh, whether they would have... At uh, like most like l- less Come back. less She's racial bias than, defeat. than an actual. <laughs> whether they would have like less racial bias than an actual police force, I mean, or or or, um, d- or if there would be uh, more more or less training involved.
2: Black Lives <laughs> Matter and will lead sucks. Okay, everybody. Black Lives Matter and will lead sucks. Remember those two things, and Nana's okay. And uh, Nana's wife Safiya, if you're listening to this, um, Nana, Nana sucks actually.
0: Oh yeah, forgot <laughs> to mention that. Uh, so Ubeid co-host Ubeid. He
2: got married. He is, yeah, he's he's married. He got married. So
0: congratulations. <laughs> Even though we've said congratulations already, but we're gonna make it podcast official. Yep. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on that, and thank when you.
2: When Safiya comes here, we can have a we can have her join.
0: Yeah, now go flee flee the podcast Stop, room. I'm
2: going to get
0: food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry, just just repeat what you were saying.
1: Yeah, with the with the whole um what whether they would what they would replace the police with if they did abolish or uh, defund the uh, police force. I can't see w- their proposals like a civilian body being um uh, effective at all because, there is no effective solution yeah they're to replacing the police force <laughs> i mean take a look at third world, third world countries like the taliban <laughs> i don't think
0: yeah this and this is where i get really mad especially at uh, our oh, our favorite front page of the internet uh reddit and you know not not reddit but you know these just these these left wing, uh, these this this younger demographic, I'll say I'll put it there. This some younger demographic uh, of of sort of uh, teenagers and college kids, who come into university, right, and they're sort of taught just strictly the left wing point of view. They have this. This worldview, where, and <laughs> quite frankly, it's it's very strange that they're they're taught that you know Canada and uh, the United States and other places like Europe that they're evil, they're racist countries, they're bad, 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 and. Sure, if you if you go back in history and you look at it, then yeah, there's been some terrible things. No one can deny that. But at the same time, like I said earlier, this isn't that era anymore. We've moved past that. I'm not saying systematic, uh, systemic or systematic racism or racism in general does not exist. It's there for sure. But it's not to the same extent and i'm saying this as a brown man okay to especially to all those white liberals out there hear this i am a brown man and i am saying this racism today in the west is not a major issue i want to make that clear it is not a major issue okay you go to a country like, I don't know, uh, Saudi Arabia or or Qatar or even... And this is just an example. I'm, I'm not trying to put out a blanket statement here. But it, no, it's, no, a specific, continue, it's a continue. specific example. Yeah. Okay? You go to countries like that and they have genuine problems when it comes to race. Arabs can be <laughs> very racist. Anyone can be very racist. Even in our own community... In the South Asian community, there is lots of racism. It's not just white people. It's not the white man. Stop playing the white man card. And this this is the people of color. Stop playing the white man card. All right. It's not the white man. It's not the white man anymore. In the West, here in Canada, and in the, in the U.S. too, we have it a thousand times better than back home. Okay. The standard of living, the opportunities we are given, you cannot find anything like it in the world i like to
1: think i like to say that um i think possibly one of the worst cases of racism come from uh the south <clears throat> south asian subcontinent <laughs> pretty much and even like uh, going all over asia to be quite honest but not not really um it doesn't it doesn't come from the west anymore <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's totally been uh, eradicated uh, not to a certain extent. to a to a certain extent. Yeah, it, it's it's still there, and this is another one of my problems. Um, it's I I commend people, and we should be uh, doing this, you know, taking initiatives to combat racism. But it's not going to disappear. It's always going to be there, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try. On this planet, with, you know, 7 billion people of different races, of different ethnicities, of different beliefs, you're going to have conflict along those, you know, those lines of race, of religion, of uh, whatnot. It's not going to go anywhere. It's a part of who we are. And I know that sounds pessimistic and, and nihilistic, but that is what it is. It's not gonna go away, and I I just wish people would understand that. And you know to to come out and say things, and I know we've, we've kind of again veered off from the whole BLM uh, and uh, anti police sentiment, but it's it's in the same vein, right? And there, you know, BLM's problems with the police, you know, go back to racism and all their, you know, the bullet points that they list on their website goes back to racism and whatnot. I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish the problems of the black community here, okay? But people need to open their eyes. And I think for the most part, a lot of people do open their eyes to the facts and and reality. It's the police and, you know, uh, people in general aren't racist. Most people aren't, okay? Please do not tell me that you, you step outside and you'll be called, I don't know, uh, in our case, a packy or, or a terrorist. Not every person in the street is going to do that. In fact, the chances of that happening to you is very low. It's not going to happen. It I, It's happened to me before, but it's, it's very rare, okay? I can count on my fingers the number of times. That that has happened. Actually, sorry. Go on, go on. Sorry, I've been going on a tangent. there. Oh
1: yeah, I'm actually very thankful to not. I've never been a target of racism, and I'm very thankful for that. Especially living in uh, Canada, uh, and and even if visiting the states now, I haven't uh, been a target of any sort of uh, racism at all. And uh, I think i I think I did a. I did a. I was interviewed on this on um, the effect of racism on like Muslim men, especially uh, somebody, somebody, a university student, uh, one of my sister's friends were doing a report on it, and uh, basically, I basically said that it it all starts from our own actions, really. I think um, the way we view other people, or the way we treat other people, in turn, it it's how we get treated in the end and at, at the end of the day i think that the more important thing is if we follow like the mantra of like what you want for somebody else or what you want for yourself you want for uh other people as well i think that's uh that would go a long way in uh, eliminating racism and uh totally basically treating other people with respect with regardless of skin color
0: that's a good point, and I, I think it, it kind of circles back to uh, what I mentioned about—well, uh, uh, I didn't even mention it directly, but the statistics here. All right, I'm not I'm not going to diminish the problems the black community faces, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. I get it. There are problems that that do originate in the system itself, okay? They're there. They exist. I'm putting on record— that I, I acknowledge that, but the black community itself faces a problem with crime. Black on black crime, not white on black crime. Black on black crime, okay. And if you speak to uh, certain uh, black figures uh, like Charles Charles Barkley, or another good example is um, oh God, what's his name? Uh Larry Elder. Have you heard of Larry Elder?
1: Uh yeah, I believe so.
0: He's he's another good uh another good uh speaker and uh I'm not exactly sure what to call him <laughs> I think. <laughs> but uh he he made that uh that documentary, uh Uncle Tom. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he, he made that documentary and it's I, I I encourage uh people to go and watch that documentary. And it really sheds light on not not just uh, what we're what we've discussed so far, but something I hope to get into if we have enough time um, in relation to uh, the the parties, the the political parties in the in, in the United States. Um, but you know, figures like Larry Elder and, and Charles Barkley, and another good one that I found uh, on the internet. Uh, his name is Officer Tatum. Uh, a, a very good, uh, he's a conservative. Uh, and I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but he he raises good points uh, in relation to you know police brutality and, and and police relations with the black community it's when and, and what he says i'm trying to put it in a nutshell here um but you know what he says it it's really striking because it makes sense. <laughs> Uh, it's striking it, it's striking in that when you compare it to the narrative being put out there by uh you know blm and and mass and the mass media it's very striking in that it's you look at it and you're like okay why isn't this being talked about because what he says is that black you know black people growing up in the hood he grew up in the hood right and you know the ghetto and um these sort of run down areas. Growing up, they aren't taught to be afraid of the police. They're taught to be careful of, you know, the guy you know who lives like two blocks away from you. Because if you say, for example, if you wear if you wear red in a certain neighborhood, you know, someone's gonna take that in the wrong way and you're gonna get shot. Not by the police, but by (laughs) by gangs, by by thugs who sort of glorify that that illicit, uh, lifestyle, and it's a very big problem in the black community, and, and we actually had this, this talk yesterday at, uh, we went for a, a bit of a family dinner, and we had, we had this talk yesterday where the, the easy way out, um, for a lot of, of young black men in particular, the easy way out, and it's unfortunate the way out they, they sort of trend towards, know is that that life of crime uh, is getting involved with a gang and you know people people will say that oh it's because you know the system has failed them and you know they live in these areas uh, that have been sort of uh, that they've been forced into these ghettos and and these hoods by the system but it, it goes deeper than that It goes a lot deeper than that you know they you look at the family structure of a lot of black families, you know, it's, there's a, a huge fatherlessness problem. Uh, their families are shattered. Uh, there's no, there's no structure. There's no support. And you know that, that support comes from, um, and I'm speaking about, uh, black men in particular, that support comes from, you
2: know, joining a gang,
0: right? And there's, there's nothing stopping someone, from going to uh, university from going to college yeah there's tuition fine but you look at you take you know these black people in congress or certain, certain black politicians yeah maybe they grew up in a very affluent neighborhood but a lot of them too you know came up from the ghetto they they worked hard they struggled so there's not really an excuse for someone to veer into a life of crime okay sure we can empathize with them or sympathize with them in in that you were in that 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 tight spot but at the end of the day you're sort of dealt a set of cards you know putting it in secular terms here you're dealt a set of cards when you're born and sometimes you get a good hand sometimes you get a bad hand and you know regardless of what you're dealt, you just kind of have to deal with it, right? Life's not fair.
1: <laughs> That's a very good point. Like, um... It, it, and it also boils down to the question of, um... You... The opportunities that are presented here, whether you're, uh, poor or, um... Rich or middle class. It It... It, it kind of... And um, basically, it, you have the same opportunities. Uh, yes, some some people's opportunities are a little bit more bit, a little bit more challenging than others to reach, and the learning curve and the uh, the the curve is a bit steep for others. But we all have like um, the same or uh, oppor- same opportunities to go to school to. Uh, get an education and even the states where yes healthcare and everything it costs it costs money but in the end um you know you you have the opportunity to get a job to get health insurance to uh work hard and to make a name for yourself out of uh, nothing essentially and that's where i think a lot of that's why i think a lot of um african americans are turning towards instead of the tra- traditional um like the the traditional democratic party uh support they're turning towards the uh like the republican party because they feel like they they're treated with more respect if i could say that um by uh, the republican party and uh it, because they're they, they acknowledge that you know everyone has to work hard for a living look at we look at like the 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 career um, breakdown for um, um, for the races like if you look at the unemployment rate for the Asian um, Asian American community it's pretty low and it's I think it has to do with them taking advantage of the opportunities available to them and that's why like you see a lot of uh Asian American uh real from anything from real estate agents to like doctors to <laughs> engineers <laughs> it's it's, that's, it's like a that's wide our st-
0: specialization right <laughs> <laughs> doctors lawyers engineers and real, real
1: <laughs> estate agents and like even accountants or um anything even in the in the in the arts field there's a growing amount of um Asian American actors, uh,
0: musicians, in general. (laughs) In general. And here's the thing, and I I like that you raised that, that point of opportunities. Where else in the world... And this is a question posed to, I think, minorities in general. Where else in the world do you have an opportunity... To, you know, come to a country with nothing but, you know, the clothes on your back and climb the, you know, the social ladder and get to the top. Where else in the world could you find an opportunity like that? (laughs) It's it's very hard to uh,
1: make that comparison anyway. Right? Where where are you going to find an opportunity (laughs) like that? In the Middle East? South
0: Asia? Africa good luck <laughs> no it's you know North America it's in it's in Europe it's why it's why people immigrants they choose to come here right because you have that opportunity it's like nowhere else in the world can you find that and that's one of my problems uh, and it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier um, you know that that what they teach in in colleges and universities I know because I've been there recently it's this very anti-Western uh, uh, narrative that they that they put out that you know we're racist we're so racist we have to fix it the system's broken and we're so corrupt you know we're like this 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 fascist dictatorship and this is even here in Canada too that that they sort of uh, put these things out but to a, a to a I think a lesser degree than the states but it's still there because I, I can clearly remember <laughs> my courses. And um, being taught in, in in university, but it's it's quite ridiculous to be to be uh, to be honest that uh, this this um, this belief is being sort of uh, ingrained in the the younger generation to to, to believe that uh, the West, you uh, know, North America, Europe, or is this this backwards? this backwards collection of countries that are you know racist that want to put people of color down, and it's quite ironic when you when you think about it I mean here we are uh, two brown guys holding a podcast and talking about this could we could we do that in um yeah okay i'm being uh um i don't think we can I'm here but <laughs> could we do that anywhere else right <laughs> so,
1: like um I think when it comes to like censorship, media censorship in like the rest of the world, I don't think you could do this in like the Middle East or China exactly, <laughs> exactly. and
0: you know on the topic of censorship I, I need I need to I need to get this out there because right? it was it was irking me for so long uh, while we were sort of not doing the podcast uh, the uh, the whole the wave of uh, social justice uh propaganda being put out there by the various sports leagues and uh <laughs> I know I've texted you a bunch on this especially <laughs> regarding LeBron James and and uh the NBA. It's how can any sane person look at that, right? And hear you know, hear people like LeBron James, who's a billionaire, making all that money And to come out and say, Oh yeah, this this country's racist (laughs) right? Excuse me, sir. It's (laughs) hard to to take him seriously. Right? You're making (laughs) millions billions of dollars, okay? You live in an affluent neighborhood, you live in a mansion, and to come out and say, We're being hunted It's LeBron, are you are you right? Are you okay in the head? All right. And I think I told you this that that day I was so angry. LeBron James is a hypocrite. Okay? He's him and the rest of his his friends are all hypocrites. Then they have no right to be coming out and saying these things, especially when they were silent on the Hong Kong thing. Not only silent. LeBron said, you know, maybe we shouldn't be talking about these things because it doesn't concern us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds like uh China told you to you know keep your mouth shut and dribble the ball, or else we're gonna revoke the money. It's it's just so hypocritical, and I I could go on a tirade, but I I don't want to, uh, because we are. And then going back, to, sorry, just one more thing. Yeah, go on.
1: <coughs> going back to the uh, the notion of opportunities and how the West has like a reputation of. Um, like, freedom of choice and, up, like, opportunity, why else would any, like, all, why else would international students from all over the world flock to these countries?
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's a place everyone wants to be. Right, I mean, the our lifestyle, we have the freedom to do whatever we want, to, to say whatever we want, to dress however you want, right? There's no... There's no uh, big brothers watching you. Uh, You know, 1984, they're not coming to snatch you up and take you away if you criticize the government. You can do all that freely here, right? And uh, you can can be any, you know, skin color, right? Um, And you can be a millionaire. You can be a billionaire. I mean, LeBron James and the NBA majority are, you know, African-American, and they're all millionaires. They're making money. I mean, they're living the life. So why are they coming out and saying that this country is racist it's i don't know it's all political nonsense that's what it is yeah. and uh i think we kind of didn't want to go into that uh we'd have a bit more time so i, I think we will uh so <laughs> <laughs> all this <coughs> uh, this uh anti-police rhetoric and uh black lives matter and uh um, uh, whatnot, all all of it related to to um, the incidents going on down south. It really ties into the um, the major event coming up uh, next month, uh, the the U.S. elections, the U.S. presidential elections, um, and <laughs> I think we've said this before to each other that uh, as soon as that's over, uh, all this is gonna uh, magically vanish, all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> Covid maybe really might even ban- vanish too. <laughs> oh yeah, know. <laughs> it's it's cured all of a sudden. <laughs> the cure turned out to be the US presidential election. <laughs>
1: but even with this uh with with the uh, black lives matter um and uh, the whole pro- different uh, police movement even I like, I think as Canadians and even as countries like um the, in countries like the uk i think we're we're sane enough to realize like we're no knock on the the states here but like we know that we need the police even though we have our own problems but like we know that we need um the police force like there's there's like no calls for uh abolishing the police movement Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> any,
0: any sane person would know that. And most people in the states do know that. Yeah. And I, that's why I think uh, Trump is going to win come November. Because the Democrats have sort of failed to condemn uh, the rioting and the the lawlessness that has plagued a lot of communities. Cities, and, yeah. Right? It's... It sort of played uh, all into Donald Trump's hands because he's the only guy calling for law and order. I mean, you see it on Twitter. He's he's literally tweeting out "law and order" all you know, in, in capitals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. And, and most people, they I I, I think would uh, they don't care. You know, they don't care uh, about you know marching in the streets and, and uh, uh, holding up signs and attending rallies. They just want to get on with their with their life, right and you know, a lot of these small business owners uh, in cities um, that have been affected by riots and protests. You know, one day one day they wake up and their business is gone. It's been burned to the ground by these these so-called protesters. And,
1: and a lot are actually non-white too. Like, exactly, uh,
0: <laughs> exactly, right? And maybe they've voted Democrats in the past, but...
1: I think they're... There's gonna be you a switch. You think there'd be a switch, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and I think the well, the polls, are the polls, right? Um, they sort of show that uh, Biden is the favorite to win. But as we all know, that happened in 2016 too, where they projected Hillary to win by a landslide, but she did not win. And I, I think, uh, like I said earlier, that all this, this anti-police sentiment is playing into Donald Trump's hands, cause he's the guy screaming law and order, right? And he, he's the guy. Who who's told the the governors that hey the you know we're ready to come move in and help if you'll have us and a lot of these stupid governors have said no <laughs> like <laughs> no we're not gonna do that we're gonna allow this this lawlessness law, to continue um, but eventually some have given in and the national guard but I think uh, just a bit of a, a slight off topic thing the it's the governors. The governor can call the governors of uh, states can call yeah. the national guard. Yeah, like or they can't, right? For instance, if you want to enforce the curfew
1: for COVID or whatever, like they can actually call the national guard too.
0: Right, right. Because I was a little confused as to do they can they call call them in without uh, the president's uh, um, mandate. But uh, yeah, I, I think they can. Uh, but Trump has been sort of saying we we have you know the federal police ready, we have the FBI ready. You know, just let us know, and we'll move in to help you guys. But a lot of them have said no. Um, a lot of them are giving in now, as, as we've seen the uh, the violence kind of escalate, and uh, more cities are being sort of burned, more communities being looted, and it's it's very unfortunate because <laughs> look, I don't, I don't support. I'm. I can't say I really support. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, but if I were going to vote in the U.S. election, I would probably go with the Republican Republican Party, not because you know I I don't necessarily agree with everything Trump says, but as of now, he seems like the more <laughs> the saner two of the candidates, right? Because if you're looking at it as an everyday citizen, right, as say you're you're a small business owner, right, and and you, one day you wake up and your business is gone because uh, a bunch of people with signs came into black lives matter black lives matter and you know the US. is fascist and they burned to the ground uh, See one second I know you want to say something yeah no problem. but you know you know as that common person you and you look at that and you you look to the, the presidential election and you you're trying to see which of the two candidates to vote for you know who who is the guy saying I'm gonna fix this it's Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. <laughs> Biden and the Democrats have been encouraging the protesters to, and rioters, saying, no, don't stop, don't stop, keep going. Right?
1: <laughs> and if you think about it, like, um, anywhere else in the world, this like, inc- I don't think any, any of these protests would fly, to be quite honest, like, enc- encouraging uh, riots and protests to, to right. break. <laughs> order. Like, break. <laughs> you look, look at any third world country like compare, um, our own uh, home country Sri Lanka. <laughs> they would not. St- I don't think they'd even stand for like rights like this. Like the police would be on it. On, in a heartbeat. be on it. And going <laughs> back to the politi- polit- political political uh, factors, people have to remember that even on I think on U.S. election day, the Republi- like the they're not only voting for the president, they're actually voting for the the representatives for their senate their congress and also their municipalities as well I believe I have to double check that but I think that's what I understood anyway I'm not the like political expert here
0: yeah so, <laughs> so
1: like they, they actually have the power to change the makeup of their their cities in general so that I mean, they, could, they could actually be a sweeping change across the United States this election <laughs> could be, could be.
0: I mean, if, if Trump wins in a landslide, then <laughs> the Democrats are going to be ousted from even, uh, you know, their traditional, you know, bases of power. Um, from what I've been seeing, a lot of uh, traditionally Democrat cities are actually quickly becoming, you know, uh, sorry, states are quickly becoming like battleground states because the polls are so close. Yeah, exactly. Uh, historically close, I should say. If you look at, like, Minnesota, one of
1: one of the uh, historically Democrat states, it's now going to be a battleground. <laughs> because you know, yes. people
0: uh, people aren't stupid. Uh, they're they're waking up, and you know, they they can see through the facade that is being presented by, uh, I think, the media and and uh, certain figures, political figures and uh, other famous celebrities. They can see through it, like they. No one wants lawlessness. No one wants chaos. I mean, we saw what that that brought us with the uh, Chaz and uh, and Chop or Chaz Chop, whatever whatever was uh, they they called themselves, the Seattle Hill uh, Autonomous Zone. Uh, Seattle Hill Cap- Capital Cap- Hill Capitol. <laughs> Seattle Hill. Uh, yeah, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Autonomous Zone. Nobody wants that, right? This. No one wants a wasteland where you know warlords are, uh, are ruling the streets. Uh, people want, what is this, Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> people, people want, uh, they want law and order. They want what Trump is, is, is saying he'll bring, which is why I think, um, he will win. I don't know. I mean, it could change. Anything could happen. Uh, the polls could be right this time. Maybe Biden will, will win in a sleeping victory, but, uh, either way, uh, the way it's going, I, I believe I believe the Democrats are like, oh no, we're we're not gonna concede defeat even if Trump wins. I, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen in that case. We're, we'll we'll leave that to the the more uh, politically savvy. Unless you want to have a stab at it, uh, I'm actually not. <laughs> being a canadian i'm i
1: have my knowledge of american politics but i'm not, I'm not very well versed in it to be quite honest so i had yeah I'd, I'd rather leave that to the analysts you are technically
0: our analyst <laughs> the, the more the more Amer- <laughs> uh, the more
1: astounded uh analyst to the american system <laughs>
0: yeah well we'll yeah. leave that to the americans to debate but we are canadian so what whatever happens down south is gonna inevitably affect us yeah I in agree. some way uh but yeah we are we are approached or we've just gone
1: oh, oh and mexico don't forget and the- Mexico. yes i'm sorry
0: mexico we're not gonna forget you nafta nafta for life <laughs> um but uh yeah we are we are approaching um 52, I can't read that. Fifty-one minutes. Fifty-one yeah. minutes. So I think, I think we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we did decide to wing it today, so uh, we apologize for our talk, uh, for our discussions uh, here and there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just so much to talk about. I mean, it's been like five months, or four months, or three months since our we last recorded. Um, so do forgive us for the the disorganized uh, show today. Uh but yeah, uh th- thank you for listening and uh do let us know what you think um on you know the topics of uh black lives matter and uh defunding the police uh and uh US politics and uh we didn't really touch on covid because uh it's it's uh, insane. Just has changed. <laughs> We're <laughs> going backwards with covid so. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, do let us know what you think and uh we will see you. Talk to you. Next next week, if if we get the Discord problems, or uh, I think the <laughs> next few podcasts might be a bit random,
1: <laughs> depending on whether we could get it working again. Hopefully, we Hopefully, do. Yeah. No guarantees. So, yeah, there aren't any full guarantees with that. But uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you whenever the next, we'll time, is. The next time is. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this.